Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 15th, 2017. One week to go before the NBA draft. My name is Phil Prosperenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Happy, happy, happy draft week. We got a lot of draft stuff to talk about today. Not a lot, but but some draft stuff. I got some news I want to clean up and, and discuss very quickly on the Magic's new front office hires and, and what they mean for the team moving forward. I'm going to talk a little bit about the workout process and, and why uh, and how the Magic view this workout process. And then finally, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, how the Magic need to kind of change their approach to some things as they welcome in a new young player, or several new young players, actually. But the first place I want to start is to remind everyone that you can check out the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. That's right, the Locked On NBA Mock Draft on the Locked On NBA podcast. The first two episodes should be published by now. That'll be the first 12 picks of the NBA Draft. You'll hear pick number six on episode number one, uh, and hear why hear why I think the Magic should take who I think they should take. I'll leave that to the mock draft. Um, but you get a pretty much a detailed analysis of every team in the draft from people who cover the team directly for the Locked On Podcast Network. So you get the Magic from me. You'll get you know, the Knicks from Jared Dubin. You'll get um, the Celtics with the Rain and Jays. You know you'll get got people who cover the team. Every single day with a daily podcast, making picks. We had a lot of fun doing this mock draft. It was it was an absolute blast. I'm very happy with who I took at number six. I hope you will be too. Um, so be sure to check that out on Locked On NBA. You can find it on Audio Boom and iTunes. And also be sure to check out our daily AMAs. We're doing a daily AMA for that day's picks that show up in the podcast. Um, starts at one at two p.m. every day um, this week for the rest of the week at least. Uh, as we uh, uh, unveil these podcasts, I did my AMA yesterday talking about the magic and some other draft issues, so be sure to go to the NBA subreddit page to check that out. I'll try and provide some links as well. I think I put it up on the Facebook page um, to, I'll, I'll provide some links as well on orlandomagicdaily.com. But through all the busyness of the draft and, and doing the Pulse Memorial that I did on Monday, I have not sat down and talked about a, a huge development, in my opinion. That is the Magic's continual hiring of some very, very big names to their front office. It's a little bit in the family, a lot of Masai Ujiri guys, which is, of course, Jeff Weltman kind of discovered Masai Ujiri, gave him his first opportunity in Denver. But some very, very big moves nonetheless. Um, the Magic, over the weekend, ha- they haven't announced it formally, but reports are that they've hired Pete D'Alessandro, the former general manager of the Sacramento Kings, to be an assistant GM. I, I, I want to note this before I get too deep into D'Alessandro and his history, which is a little bit chuckered. The Magic have Jeff Weltman, who's been 30 years in the league as an assistant GM or as a general manager, 
you know, for 30 years. They have John Hammond, who has been a general manager in this league for a very long time, been in the league for 20 years total. And now they add a third guy with experience in the lead chair in Pete D'Alessandro. The Magic have gone from virtually no experience to all guys with experience running the show. Now, Jeff Weltman is still the guy making the decisions. He's still the guy that's going to make the final call when they call David Stern to tell them, or not David Stern, when they call Adam Silver to say who they're picking in the draft. That is Jeff Weltman's decision. I still see some people say, I hope John Hammond gets this right. I hope John Hammond gets this right. John Hammond's not making the decision. It's Jeff Weltman's show. He is the president of basketball operations. That's the guy in charge. But the people advising him, the people discussing things with him, the, the people bandying things back and forth or in that room trying to guiding the decision-making process or, or arguing and debating the decision-making process, these guys are no pushovers. And I think that's only going to help Weltman make better decisions. Weltman probably is going to have his own ideas. He's going to keep an open, open mind. But the people guiding his decisions are very good people. And I've even talked about Matt Lloyd, the, the former interim general manager and assistant GM to Rob Hennigan, who is very well respected throughout the league as a scout. I think Lloyd's voice during this draft process is going to be huge. But let's talk about Delisandro more specifically. Delisandro was the general manager for the Sacramento Kings before Vladi Divas took over. He was working in a non-basketball role with the Denver Nuggets last year. So he's being brought back to the basketball operations side of the business this year with the Orlando Magic. Delisandro, obviously, with the Kings, has a little bit of a shaky history. He was the general manager who fired Mike Malone, who hired George Carl. He was the general manager who let Isaiah Thomas walk in free agency. Definitely some some bad decisions there. Kings have a history of bad drafting. But the question you have to ask whenever you do anything with the Kings in this time period is how much of it fell to the GM and how much of it fell to the owner. I think generally people tend to believe that a lot of that was kind of Vivek Ranadive being a little too meddlesome, being a little too involved in basketball operations and not letting his basketball people run things. That's not to say Delisandro is perfect. Obviously, he he made mistakes. He was the one that had to make those decisions. You know, it's kind of like how I feel about Rob Hennigan. Ownership sets a goal. You have to achieve those goals. And failure to achieve those goals gets you fired. Delisandro obviously did not achieve the goals that the Kings wanted. Now, it was obviously a complete mess of a situation. And it's still, it feels like it's gotten better, but it's still a little bit of a mess. And I think it's hard to hold too much against Alessandro for what happened in Sacramento. Here in Orlando, he's going to be in an advisory role, assistant GM, not making decisions. And so I think it'll better channel what he's good at. According to the Wikipedia page, Alessandro is kind of a cap expert. The Magic needed a cap guy. They actually fired their cap guy in... In the in their staff reshuffling, so if Delisandro is in charge of the cap, that's a good narrow field for him to be part of. It'll help for free agency, where the Magic don't have a lot of cap room this summer. Um, it, it'll be a good opportunity for him to kind of get back in to what he's good at and be a, a strong advisor for this team. Again, lots of great advisors for this team. Uh, you cannot be upset with how this front office has come together. It's got tons of experience. 
tons of leadership capability, tons of ex- tons of just leadership experience being in that chair, knowing what it's like and knowing what works and doesn't work in making uh, a NBA team. It's an exciting time for the Magic. Um, you know, but as I always kind of say, it, it doesn't matter how much experience you have, you got to perform at the end of the day. And so we'll see what that performance is like starting a week from today. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. And we are in the final week of draft preparations. The NBA draft is next Thursday. It's at 7 o'clock. The Orlando Magic are actually hosting an NBA draft party at the Amway Center. You can get tickets on orlandomagic.com. Usually a good time. They have activities for the kids and get to, you know, the Magic Dancers will be there. Stuff will be there. DJ D. Strong will be there. Uh, You know, get to watch the draft, you know, in the arena, which is fun. I'm sure some players will be there if you want to buy tickets. That's where you go to buy tickets. I'm going to be there, but probably in the back, um, watching the draft in the media room. Uh, but you know, maybe I'll poke my head out. And we'll see. Um, you know, I kind of get, I kind of get, you know, very tunnel vision, especially in this draft where the Magic has so much going on. But I may pop, I may pop out and and say hi uh, if 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 that's an enticement to go go to the Magic draft party. Download tickets at OrlandoMagic.com. But we are in the final week, and things have been quiet for Orlando. Ever since we found out, I think it was last week, that the Magic would hold a second interview with Dennis Smith Jr., kind of a, a get-to-know-you with, with the new front office, it's been very, very quiet for the Magic. We don't know if they who they've worked out. We don't know if they've gotten to Jonathan Isaac, and Jonathan Isaac is apparently not working out for teams outside the top four, so that wouldn't be the Magic. Uh, we don't know if they've worked out Jason Tatum. We, we don't know any of these things. I can tell you... From, from my experience and what I think is going on, the Magic are still working players out. They're working players out every day. They're doing their due diligence on this draft because, you know, from the reports that they worked out Luke Kennard to, to the reports that they've worked out Frank Mason twice, they are, do, they are exploring every area of this draft. They are not sitting on their laurels and saying, we got this, we have enough information. They are doing their homework. Just because it's not publicized does not mean they're not doing anything. Just like... At the trade deadline, I believe I said this so many times. Don't take a lack of reporting or quiet, you know, on the rumor front to mean a lack of activity. I am fully confident that this Magic team has been very active in preparing for this draft and getting players in for workouts. So that being said, what is important about these workouts? Why do we obsess over these workouts? And it is a very good question. Because we like to say, oh, this player had a good workout or, or, or so on and so forth. But the reality is, especially for the guys at the top, when they're doing individual workouts, it actually tells the coaching staff very, very little. If anything, the, the workout itself is more about intangibles. Does this guy take coaching well? 
does he look good on the floor by himself? I mean, I heard stories, you know, for instance, of a workout. It's kind of like a workout can't necessarily help you, but it can certainly hurt you. I, I heard stories about Justice Winslow's workout in Orlando where he just could not hit a jumper. He couldn't hit a jump shot, and that had the Magic shying away from him. They took Mario Ozoni in that draft. So it's clear what they were looking for there. Um, when Dennis Smith came in, he's the only big prospect that 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 was made available to the media. Coach Frank Vogel said he was very impressed by his athleticism, by, by Smith's athleticism, which was kind of a, you know, people know Smith is athletic, but it feels that feels like a big sticking point for him because he's coming off the ACL injury. With the reports coming out of Los Angeles that he had 48-inch vertical, I don't think people are worried about his athleticism anymore. Again, with also with these reports, you don't know what's real, what's not. I mean, 48-inch vertical sounds crazy, but could be misdirection, could be something else, who knows. But Smith seems like a good cat. In these individual workouts, it's, it's oftentimes more about, you know, can you do the drills we're asking you to do? You know, do you take coaching well? Do you take criticism well? Do you, you know, if we change things up on you, how do you handle that? Stuff like that is what they're looking for more than than making shots or looking good on the floor because you're not playing against anybody. For some of the guys lo- later in the draft when they're doing three-on-three drills, that tells them a little bit more. That, that helps differentiate guys toward the end. But at the very top, it isn't about what you do on the court. What's most important about these workouts and these meetings is the interview. This is their job interview. It's sometimes hard to think of it this way, and I do try to put it in these terms at times, especially when we're talking about the relationship between a general manager and the owner. The owner is the boss. The general manager is essentially middle man- is upper management, but, but they report to someone. And you, if you don't do what your boss tells you to do, you get fired. These... Entered these 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 workouts, these meetings with the executives for the teams, are their job interviews. Just like you and I would go into an go into an interview to talk to our future boss to get a new job, that's exactly what these guys are doing. It's a chance for the owner, it's a chance for the executives, for the coaches to get a sense of who the person is. You'll often see them be two nights or, or a whole day, work out in the morning, go out to dinner for for more formal interview at night. I know Rob Hennigan liked to take the high-level draft picks to dinner or to a meal of some sort to, to A, break the ice, and B, you know, get them in a relaxed setting to get to know them better. Because remember, it, it's not just you're adding a player to a team. You're adding a person to a team. I need to know, will they fit in with our group, which is kind of hard to predict. But need to know who they are as a person because they become a representative of your organization. They become a representative to the community, especially these high draft picks, their potential franchise players that you're going to build their future around. If you do not know who that person is, if you do not feel comfortable trusting that person with such a large responsibility, and again, it's hard because they're 19-year-old, 19-year-old kids, but if you do not trust that person, are you going to hand them over that big contract? Are you going to hand them over the franchise? Are you going to be willing to invest such a critical asset to get them? It is a big deal. And so, you know, when it comes to these workouts, when it comes to these workouts, 
It is less about what they do on the floor and more about what they do in the boardroom or at the restaurant talking to the executive, to the general manager, to the coach. That matters. That matters more oftentimes. And so as this process draws out and comes to its close, that's the part that's going to ring true. Because again, because again, what they do on the court in these workouts doesn't matter so much. They've already got all the data and all the video and all the scouting reports of how they play on the floor. What you do in a five-on-five competitive setting is much more important than what you do in a one-on-o setting. But you still got to go through your paces. You still got to go through everything. And even that part, like I said, it's about throwing curveballs, giving him coaching, seeing how he takes coaching. That's part about figuring out who the person is. And that's what these individual workouts are for. That's what the magic and what I think every NBA team is trying to get at with these workouts. So with a week to go, the magic, as well as every other team in the NBA, is synthesizing their final bits of information and getting the team, getting their teams prepared for the draft one week away. Of course, what happens when they get here? What happens when they get here? That is, in the Magic's case, the the five the four and a half million dollar question. I think it's four and a half million. I don't know what the what the six pick makes. The the next part is developing that player. And for the Magic, that has been one of the more difficult aspects of this rebuild. They have not been able to develop some of the players they've drafted. Victor Oladipo struggled to take that next step in his career to become the star the Magic needed. And he was still kind of a little bit of an inefficient mess. Aaron Gordon has bounced between positions has developed some nice things. It's not that they've not developed at all. They're young, they develop. But he hasn't become a fully formed player now entering his contract here. Alfred Payton has seemingly taken a step back defensively from what they anticipated when they drafted him out of Louisiana Lafayette. And of course, we all know the story of Mario Azonia, who just has not clicked at the NBA level. And so, the, the pattern trend of the last four years is the Magic do have a little bit of a problem developing their stars, developing their draft picks. Even going back to Maurice Harkless and Kylo Quinn and Shabazz Napier, Kylo Quinn outperformed his draft spot and looked good, but never took a huge step forward with Orlando. Maurice Harkless is starting for playoff team in Portland, and the Magic couldn't find a good use for him. These things matter. This is the game the Magic... That That's the, essentially the game the Magic were playing for the last five years. And it's the game the Magic are playing now. Now, the Magic do have their success stories. Nikola Vucevic became a double-double threat. He still seems to be trending upward defensively. Evan Fournier was a nobody with the Denver Nuggets and has become a very solid role player, at the very least for the Magic, if not... Right now, their best player on the team, or their their best player now for the team. It's it, there are success stories. It's not that the Magic are terrible at developing, but the Magic struggles to develop t- 
top-end talent from their draft picks. It's really a story of their instability. Because expectations just have not been able to get set for this team. You think about it. I mean, Evan Fournier said this a few times. He's had a different coach every single year of his career, dating back to Denver. Alfred Payton and Aaron Gordon have had a different coach in every year with the Magic. That's different expectations, different schemes, different styles. Aaron Gordon especially. Look at what he's had to go through. Scott Skiles didn't really know what to do with him. Jacques Vaughn didn't really know what to do with him. They were just kind of an athlete. Just let him go out and play. Frank Vogel tried to put him at small forward where he was not playing with the other play, with the other coaches and then moved him back to power forward. And Gordon had some other things slowing him down too. Because if you remember, the summer between his freshman and sophomore year, he killed it in summer league. He was by far the best player in the, in the Orlando summer league. And then he breaks his jaw, misses most of training camp, and it seemed like all his progress stopped. Same thing happened this year, where he was looking really good. It seemed like he was making a good, good step forward. And then sprains his ankle right before training camp, misses the beginning of training camp, comes back midway through the preseason, never really looked right. Not until January, maybe. And then we saw him kind of begin to take a step up, and then he hurt his foot. Like, he's had some bad injury luck. A healthy summer for Aaron Gordon, and getting through training camp healthy is an absolute must for him this year if he wants to take the step forward that I think the Magic need him to take. But that certainly has hampered his development, but so have the other things. I mean, Alfred Payton has played... 17 different, it feels like five different styles in his three-year career. He had to play two different styles last year. And obviously one fit better than the other. He was given more freedom with Jacques Vaughn and James Borrego and kind of tightened up a little bit under Scott Skiles in a more structured offense. That inconsistency has hurt everyone. It's hard to say if it's the coaching if it's it's the coaching or not because the coaching just hasn't been there consistently. And, and as Aaron Gordon said in his Twitter Q and A on Friday, having Vogel there for consecutive years is a huge deal for him. It is a huge deal for him. And he's excited for that. Now, I think all the players are excited for that, too. But one thing is certainly for sure. The Magic have four draft picks in this draft. And they've got to develop these players effectively. Because if they do not, it's going to be a long time before they get good again. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Again, we are a week away from the NBA draft, and so I highly encourage you to subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast for the Locked On Network's mock draft. Picks 1 through 6 went up yesterday. Picks 7 through, I think it's 7 through 11. 
7 through 12, 7 through, I don't know, 7 through 12, I think, are up uh, today. So be sure to download that. You can find it on Audio Boom and iTunes. And be sure to check out our Locked On AMAs up on the NBA subreddit page. Uh, I'll provide a link to yesterday's at least. So be sure to check that out if you have not already. You can, of course, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com. That's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all for listening once again. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.